The Medallion, Chapter 12 The sound of sharp tapping woke Kate up and she shivered. She was back in the tunnel by the blue keyhole, but the creature she'd been sleeping against was gone. The light went out, and the end of a white rod appeared, twisting around. Kate heard three sharp clicks, and the door opened slowly toward her, flooding the tunnel with blue light. Jorid walked into the tunnel, a hand over his eyes as he peered into the gloom. Kate, are you there? Kate was about to respond when a large shadow moved on the path in front of Jorid. The large creature had returned, roaring and charging down the incline as George stumbled and fell to the ground. Rolling onto his back, he tried to scramble away from the advancing beast. It was almost on him when Kate leapt out between them, holding up her hands in front of the animal. It skidded to a halt and growled at Jord over her shoulder. Easy there, easy. Kate stroked the creature's cheek. The man won't hurt you. The animal sank back on its haunches as it searched Kate's face. Good boy. She backed up a few steps and the creature inched forward and let out a low whine. Kate patted its face and felt the strong connection return. It didn't want to be left here alone. You can't come with me. The huge face dipped down and its eyes glistened. I'm sorry, but I have to go and you must stay here. She pointed back up the tunnel. The creature slumped lower to the ground. It's okay. I'll try to come see you again. The eyes blinked and the face turned away from her as it lumbered up the incline. It turned back once and Kate waved it on, watching until it was lost in the shadows. Retrieving her duffel bag, Kate met Jorid at the door. His face was white and covered in sweat. He nodded as Kate passed him, then pulled the door shut and locked it with a round cylinder. Leaning his back against the doorframe, he shook his head in amazement. I've heard stories of people who could communicate with the animals, but I always thought they were just tales we used to entertain the little ones. Wiping the sweat from his brow with the sleeve of his robe, he bowed slightly. I owe you my life, Kate and I pledge myself to your well-being and protection. He looked back at the door. How did you do it? What made the Burak listen to you? I don't know. I've always liked horses and dogs, and I just touched it and told it I wasn't going to hurt it. She held up her hand as if the animal were still in front of her. Jorid grabbed her hand and turned it over to examine her palm. Where did you get this mark? The intensity of his tone startled her. I don't remember. Did you have it the last time you entered through this door? Kate shook her head. Jord traced his finger around the star. Kate took a step back and he let her hand go. Nervously, she walked to the edge of the pathway leading down. The cavern was much larger than she remembered. Do you recall anything about your last time here? Jord asked from behind her. Not much. She pointed overhead at the blue lights that spotted the ceiling of the vast cavern. I remember those lights, but mostly wandering through dark streets and... And a huge face watched me. I couldn't get away from it. Jord came up beside her and took her arm to give her a better view of the entire cavern. She stumbled and Jord pulled her close to his side. Her face grew hot, but it was nice that he was looking out for her. Watch your step. He guided her forward and pointed down and to the right. Down there. Those are the streets you walk through. Far below, a city was laid out in concentric circles. A band of dark water swept around the closest side. And there's the face that watched you, although it's covered for the time being. A statue, almost as high as the cavern wall, stood over the highest buildings on the far side of the city. Its face was covered in a shroud that made it look sad instead of frightening. That is my home, the city of Kadir, George said. Kate nodded. It's nicer than I remembered. Half of it was destroyed, but it could be beautiful again, if only Tirith would listen to me. Who? The high priest's daughter. 
The woman Corvin saved from the water at the temple karst, that round wall and pool over there by the base of the statue. I hadn't heard about that. Ah, he paused. Does he still carry the white scarf she gave him? Kate nodded. So that's where he'd gotten that smelly old thing. He would wear it around his neck in the cellar, and she'd also seen him sitting out on the rock on clear nights, holding it close to his face. No wonder he had become so cold toward her. He was still in love with this other girl. I offered Tirith my hand in marriage, but she refused me. The sadness in his statement turned to bitterness. I believe she is hoping your Corvin will return and help her rule the core. He's not my Corvin. The words rushed out and she followed him up with a softer tone. Did I meet Tirith? I, I don't remember her at all. No, you were dying in the settlements over there. He pointed to where the river met the cavern wall. But Corvin left you to rescue Tirith. I told him not to go, that you might die any time, but he would not listen to me. She must be pretty. Jorid's jaw tensed and his gaze turned inward. Yes, she is very beautiful. He focused his attention back on Kate. Is Corvin coming back to Kadir? I don't know. I thought the tunnel I was following would go to the Red Creek mine, but I got lost. I do not know this place called Red Creek. It's where Corvin works, a place where men make tunnels underground. They are trying to reach the core? No, they don't go that deep. They only take coal out of the ground. Why? We burn the coal to heat our homes. You are allowed to have fires in your world? Doesn't the smoke hurt your breathing? Only if you stand too close, the smoke usually goes up into the air. It doesn't kill your Lumians? He pointed to the blue globes hanging high above from the cavern ceiling. We don't have a roof with Lumians, only the sky. What holds up the sky? Nothing, it just hangs there. George shook his head. That cannot be true. You must not know what holds it up since your cavern is so large. Kate hated it when other people treated her like she wasn't capable of thinking things through. He was the one that didn't understand. Jorid was gazing at her neck. May I see the medallion you carry? Kate hesitated. She wasn't totally sure she could trust Jorid. Shielding herself from his view, she pulled out the gray medallion from the bone nest and held it out. He reached for it and pulled his hand back. Do you mind if I hold it for a moment? Kate pulled the chain up over her head and dropped it into his open hand. Jord examined the medallion from the bone nest and brought it out to meet his own and compare them side by side. He looked eagerly into Kate's eyes. Did you meet anyone else in the chamber? No, only you. There must still be others who carry the medallions. If I brought them all together... His voice trailed off, but the excitement shone in his eyes. We should get going. I have to be back in the city before the Lumians come to light. He hesitated, then stepped aside for her to go first. As she passed him, he dangled the medallion over her shoulder. You must keep this in a safe place. I don't want you to wear it at night until we discover more about how they work. Kate took the medallion from his hand and jammed it into her pocket. Who was he to tell her what to do with her medallion? Jord and Corvin were all the same. Guys pretended to like you so they could talk you into doing what they wanted to do. Jord caught up to her. As promised, I will be your guide. I will take you wherever you wish to go. Kate let her gaze wander over the city far below. Even though she was angry with Corvin, she still wanted to find him. At least now she knew where to look. She stopped and looked at Jorid. I want to meet Tirith. <laughs>